Hello, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Laura Armitage, a GP and doctoral research fellow at the Nuffield Department of Primary Healthcare Sciences at the University of Oxford. Laura and her team conducted a study looking at a common issue in primary care, which is hypertension, and how to measure it in practice. We started off by discussing that this paper has been receiving a lot of interest on the BJGP Online First website, and just talking through the concept of dippers and reverse dippers as discussed in this paper. I think one of the reasons why it's been of such interest is because it's such a common topic and it's good to look at how we measure blood pressure in more detail. Um, But I wanted to start by asking you more about a concept that you describe in the paper that some clinicians might not be so familiar with, and that's the concept of dippers and non-dippers. Can you just talk us through that so we have a bit of context for the paper? Typically, the blood pressure of um, most people over a 24-hour period follows a circadian pattern that's driven by our sleep-wake cycle. Um, So a 24-hour pattern typically, or a 24-hour period, typically our blood pressure will drop during the night time as um, we have a reduction in sympathetic tone and increase in vagal activity. And then when we first wake up in the morning, we get a surge where the blood pressure increases. And then we have a couple of minor oscillations over the rest of the day. So in summary, we usually have a nighttime drop, daytime, morning rise. And people that follow that pattern with a nighttime drop and daytime rise are normally referred to as dippers because their blood pressure dips at night. Mm -hmm. And people whose blood pressure doesn't dip, so their blood pressure is pretty consistent day and night, non-dippers. And people whose blood pressure actually rises at night are typically referred to as reverse dippers. And is there... Anything to predict whether people are dippers or non-dippers in the sense that their blood pressure won't drop at night? Do we know anything about that? Little bit. So um, it's known that sleep apnea and diabetes are associated with being reverse dippers. And um, a previous study published by our group showed that reverse dipping is more common in people over 60. So those are risky groups already. So they're the people that you might be thinking about having higher cardiovascular risk anyway so yeah absolutely and reverse dipping has been shown to be a um, risk factor for cardiovascular disease in its own right as an independent risk factor and in fact will cause mortality as well um so tell us a bit more about what your team did so you recruited patients from an acute hospital setting and also from the community is that right and looked at blood pressure over 24-hour periods so now in, in the majority of hospitals, blood pressure is recorded electronically when people are admitted to hospital throughout their stay. So we had 22,000 people roughly in hospital whose blood pressure we looked at. And for all of those individuals, we created a 24-hour profile for them using all of their blood pressures throughout their stay. And that was the first data set looked at, really. And in looking at that data, we found a very high prevalence of reverse dipping. And we were keen, therefore, to compare that to a community cohort and to do that um, we collaborated with a team who'd done a previous study looking at ambulatory blood pressure measurements in a group of people in the West Midlands and using that 
data set of ambulatory blood pressure measurement, again, did the same analysis, categorising people into whether they were reverse dippers, dippers or non-dippers, and uh, looked at the prevalence of each of those phenotypes in that group as well. One key finding from our study was that um, if you are a reverse dipper, in which case your blood pressure rises at night and um, is lower in the day, your daytime blood pressure is actually about eight millimetres mercury lower than dippers. You're much less likely to get diagnosed with hypertension because when you go to a GP or you go to a pharmacy and have your blood pressure checked, your blood pressure is going to be lower than other people who are dippers, if that makes mm. sense. You're more likely to go under the radar. Eight milligrams is quite significant, that seems. So that could easily take you from reaching a threshold for considering treatment or management. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any other key findings that you drew from the analysis of the 24-hour blood pressure measurements in either cohort? There are. So reverse dippers have a substantially higher nighttime blood pressure than dippers. And right now, we're just not picking that up because as GPs and actually as any healthcare professional, whether you're a pharmacist or any healthcare professional checking blood pressure, you're typically checking it in the daytime in clinics. And the only people we tend to offer ABPM to are the people whose blood pressure is borderline raised in the daytime. We don't tend to offer ABPM to people with normal daytime blood pressure. But we know that reverse dippers are more likely to have a normal daytime blood pressure. So they don't get ABPM in the first place. Then if they are lucky enough to get ABPM anyway, the NICE guidelines don't support diagnosing hypertension based on nighttime measurements, which is very different to Europe and um, European and international guidelines. So first of all, we don't tend to measure nighttime blood pressure in these people that are likely to be at risk. And secondly, if we do, we don't tend to actually look at the nighttime measurements in this country when making a diagnosis of hypertension. So that's really interesting. So there's a subset of the population that are reverse dippers. So their nighttime blood pressure is higher than their daytime blood pressure. And if we aren't measuring their blood pressure at night, they might not be diagnosed as hypertensive. Absolutely. And in, and in fact, their daytime blood pressure might be normal. Yeah. So how are we going to find these people? Do you think it's going back to the potential groups at risk? So the people with sleep apnea or diabetes, should we be case finding in people with normal daytime blood pressures, do you think? Yeah, I think that would certainly be a start. Certainly, we'd want to try and find people that are highest risk as an absolute priority. So like you say, perhaps people with sleep apnea or diabetes and people aged over 60, really, because we know that they are more likely to be reversed if too. So a few years ago, maybe going back to 2015 or 16, it seemed to be the trend to do more ambulatory blood pressure measuring to diagnose hypertension. But I feel that more recently, the way in which we do it is to ask people to sort out a blood pressure monitor at home and then to do a blood pressure diary over seven days. But that's really just looking at morning and evening readings. So it seems that that approach that we use commonly in general practice would miss out this dipper, reverse dipper phenomenon as well. Absolutely. And that's um, one reason why we feel the kind of timing of our study is really important, because I think the pandemic also brought with it a real push to home monitoring. And 
you know, home monitoring is brilliant because we we do have a high prevalence of undiagnosed hypertension in the population in this country anyway. So the more people we can pick up, the better. And home blood pressure monitoring will pick up a certain proportion of those people. But like you say, it's not going to pick up the reverse dippers because people can't measure their own blood pressure in the middle of the night, particularly without waking. But for that, we really need ABPM to be performed. Okay. So um, can you tell me a bit more about what this means for how we measure blood pressure in practice? Should we be doing something differently? What What do you think are the implications for practice? So I think our study supports that we should be doing things differently and that we should be looking to offer ambulatory blood pressure monitoring, certainly to people aged over 60 and, like you say, possibly also people with sleep apnea and diabetes, because we know that right now our current practice isn't picking up reverse dippers and um, there is a very established body of research showing that people who are reverse dippers are more likely to die from all causes and, and have cardiovascular events. So it's a high risk group of the population that we're currently not diagnosing for hypertension and not treating. So there is quite a wide variation in what's happening in the UK across Europe. Yeah. And what's is there a push to get a gold standard or uh, a specific criteria in how we're doing this so that things are standardized or do you have any thoughts about what we should be doing in terms of the guidelines? Yeah, well that's that is our hope really through publishing this research that we can bring attention to this clinical issue and um, what currently seems to be a little bit of a blind spot, really, and that we might be able to um, encourage a change in clinical practice and a change in guidelines. Um, You end the paper by suggesting that if the delivery of ambulatory blood pressure measurement is too great a burden for primary care, it's time to start investigating other technologies for measuring blood pressure over a 24-hour period at home. Is that something that's in the pipeline or are these technologies emerging at all? The technologies are emerging. So, for example, there are wrist-worn ambulatory blood pressure monitors that aren't yet in common use in clinical practice that um, I think will come in time and have the possibility of being um, more tolerable, more accessible, um, so obviously when you wear an ABPM, um, you would commonly be asked to wear a kind of a piece of kit that's a little bit clunky and a little bit awkward and doesn't quite work with lots of items of clothing. So it isn't necessarily appealing to all patients. And um, also in general practice can, can be a bit of a burden in terms of cost and maintenance of monitors and um, having access to enough monitors as well. And as you mentioned, I can imagine that wearing an ambulatory blood pressure monitor might be a bit disruptive. Again, it might wake you up, whereas a wrist-worn technology might be better tolerated in terms of not... um, Yeah, it might well be. And in the nighttime, for example, um, you know, you're taking this monitor and the tube that comes with it to bed and having to find somewhere to put that tube and monitor where you're not hopefully going to roll over on it. It's not going to... kind of get in the way and you're not going to kink the tubing and get erroneous measurements that then mean the blood pressure goes off constantly until it gets what it's happy with so like you say a kind of a wristable monitor might be a little bit more appealing and even might um 
like you're saying, might even get more accurate results um, at night time if the monitors are appropriately validated and calibrated. I wonder if you could just go back and tell us what you did in this study and what some of the main key findings are and implications for practice. Yeah, so in summary, we looked at 24-hour blood pressure measurements for two groups of people, first group being 22,000 people admitted to hospital, and the second group being around 600 people who underwent ambulatory blood pressure monitoring in the community. And looking at those two groups of patients' blood pressures, we categorised all of the individuals into one of three blood pressure phenotypes, so whether they were dippers, so their blood pressure drops at night, reverse dippers, whether blood pressure rises, or non-dippers, whether blood pressure over 24 hours is pretty consistent. Um, And we also looked at people who were extreme reverse dippers, so whether blood pressure, sorry, yeah, extreme reverse dippers, whether blood pressure rises quite significantly at night. And we found that in the hospital cohort, around 50% of patients were reverse dippers and the community ABPM cohort around 11% were reverse dippers. And that's really important because reverse dippers are at higher risk of cardiovascular events and all-cause mortality. And the reason this is so important for clinical practice is that at the moment, we tend to offer home blood pressure monitoring over ambulatory blood pressure monitoring. And we only also offer ambulatory blood pressure monitoring to people whose daytime blood pressure is high or borderline high. We know that those people are least likely to be the reverse dippers because reverse dippers tend to have normal or even low blood pressure in the daytime. So right now, clinically, we're missing all these people who are at higher risk for cardiovascular disease and we don't have a system or even guidelines to support them being picked up and diagnosed and actually getting treatment for their nighttime blood pressure rise. I think that's a great note to end on. So thank you very much for taking part. Thank you. Okay, great. A pleasure. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. And a reminder about the BJGP Research Conference, which is returning on the 31st of March, 2023. The conference website is up and running, so please do visit the site at bjgp.org forward slash conference for more information on how to register. We're looking forward to seeing you all there. Thanks again for listening.